This is Sydney Bell, and you're listening to The Hunt, question mark. Saturday, October 26th, 10 a.m., 28 days after Sarah Kovacs' murder. Confused by the killing in Out Meadows? Struggling to follow the twists and turns of the case? Here's the murder of Sarah Kovacs explained, in the driest way possible. One month ago, Sarah Kovacs was shot in the mountains of Alk Meadows, then dumped behind a Carl's Jr., whose crisp-cut fries can now be added to any sandwich for only 99 cents. But a young podcaster and a poorly reviewed private eye found Sarah's abandoned car and tracked it back to the affluent community of Pleasant Valley and the house of Gareth Whitley, the owner and CEO of home goods company Whitley and Beckett. The true worth of a man is found not in his possessions or in his bank account, but in the way he treats others. So yeah, Gareth's a dick. Rumors around town claimed Gareth was sleeping with Sarah and after a search of his house found signs of a struggle, an attempt to clean up said struggle and a missing gun that would later be found at his beach house and matched to the murder weapon, Gareth was arrested and protests broke out at Whitley and Beckett headquarters. Let's murder cheaper salt! Let's murder cheaper salt! Meanwhile, Gareth's adult children were questioned, but neither were implicated. At the time of the murder, Tanner, Gareth's son, was on a plane from England, while Delaney Rose, his daughter, was at a late-night STP, or social training party, which sounds stupid and awful. It's a rigorous spin class set to the sounds of animals mating, birthing, and then painfully dying. But a call from Sarah's roommates revealed that she was working as an actress in Los Angeles under the name Zoe Potts. And a search into Sarah's burner phone and terrible web series called Brainy Babes, which has since been bought by a major network and greenlit to series, revealed that Sarah was in fact a call girl who had been receiving payments from an account registered to G. Whitley. However, a trip back to Pleasant Valley and an investigation into its parking tickets revealed that the person who moved Sarah's car the day after her murder wasn't Gareth Whitley. It was none other than... And that's why they call it doggy style. It's got nothing to do with dogs. Tanner Whitley and his driver, Anav. I saw, dude. As VP of External Events, Tanner had been writing the visits from hookers as business expenses and paying them through the family trust. Here's the payments from a G. Whitley account. And despite Tanner being airborne at the time of the murder, an audit of his work computer uncovered three terabytes of porn multiple uncouth email chains and dozens of messages which proved that he had paid Sarah to stay at Gareth's cabin that weekend, that he told her where the key to the front door was hidden and that he thought that Attack of the Clones was the best Star Wars movie. All facts which Tanner would eventually admit to the authorities. So we messed around with some hookers and blow and ketamine and midgets. You mean little people? Yeah, dude, I know what a midget is. I'm not retarded. It is then believed that Tanner paid Arnav to go to Gareth's house, gain entry by posing as a cop, and murder Sarah Kovacs, likely because she was threatening to go public about their arrangement. There was a struggle, Sarah escaped, and Arnav gave chase before shooting her in the forest. I saw, dude. The next morning, Tanner and Arnav returned to Gareth's house to clean up the mess and to move Sarah's car away from the crime scene. A fact that was confirmed when a secondary search of Sarah's car turned up a vape pen holding Tanner's fingerprints and DNA. 
As of the publication of this video, both men claim innocence. I'm an entitled rich poonhound, not an entitled rich murderer. Saw, dude. And doubts of their guilt remain. But seriously, I actually didn't kill that girl. Why would I wait a day to move the car? And why would I drop it away from the body? But despite a few loose ends in the investigation, the authorities will be trying both men later this week. That's the murder case of Sarah Kovacs explained. Be careful with that. It's literally a box full of tan bark. Who's going to buy this? Oh, my secular god. Is that authentic sun-dried driftwood? Mm, impeccable blanching. Tremendous washed aesthetic. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get the other box. It's been a while since our last update. 21 days to be exact. That's due to a couple of factors, but... Mostly because Tanner and Arnov had been arrested and most everyone believed the case was over. So, nothing had really been happening. Well, nothing case-related, at least. So, my buddy will come by tomorrow with the truck, pick up anything that hasn't sold, okay? Ben had finally convinced me to sort through my mom's old stuff and donate what I didn't want to charity. But after a yard sale, because apparently a lot of the junk around my house was now considered vintage and could be sold for exorbitant amounts. But there were also some new happenings in Ben's life. There he is! Ben! Ben! Oh, motherfuck, they found us. Since the beginning of the case, he'd started working out, eating right, and had lost 15 pounds. And as the podcast got more popular and a few smoldering pictures of him from his high school basketball days leaked to the internet, he actually developed quite a following. Why didn't you respond to any of my 20 DMs, Ben? Did none of them go through? Is it your service provider? They call themselves Ben's Betches. It's actually been the top trending hashtag on Twitter for nearly two weeks now. They're very persistent and brought wooden signs expressing their love and almost certainly have deep-seated daddy issues. Your face was made for sitting, Ben, and I stand and will oblige. I stand! Stan! Ben! 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 Stan! 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 Ben! So our little yard sale turned into quite the event. One filled with a lot of people you'd expect. How much for these uh, beat-up, dirty magazines, which are officially classy now that they're old? Is that an authentic Depression-era septic tank? So vintage. Ooh, rusted metal is so in these damn. God damn it, that's sharp, and now I have tetanus. A few people you didn't expect. You know, one person's junk is but the junket of the masses. 420. Oh, hey, it's you again. For the record, I had nothing to do with that murder and actually just sell weed. Like, that's confirmed now. Yes. For the 50th time, yes. Just want to be clear. Like how clearly the moon landing was fake 420. And at least one who you really, really didn't expect. Oh, God, is that... Delaney Rose, what a surprise. Well, I figured I'd take a look at what you have. After all, the whole butch, outdoorsy, chic thing you got going on here is really having a moment. And I'm sure you know what I say about moments. Nope. 
Each moment is its own lifetime. A lifetime of time. Wow. Sadly, these used wares look a bit too used for my liking. It would be a tad off-brand for me to continue being seen here, so I'll be going. Wait! Uh, I'm sorry about your brother and everything your father had to go through because of him. <sighs> Alas, the machine was already in motion. The outcome preordained. You know, a great woman once said, to beat against the current is to beat against the future, and to beat against the future is to embrace death. Do you know who said that? No, I don't. Good. Then I can take credit for it on my blog. Au revoir, Sydney. Well, hopefully she never comes back. Also, uh, looks like someone left you a package. Oh, these are my foyer requests. The ones you made for Gareth? Yeah, I thought it would take way longer. We made a change.org petition for them to expedite 20,000 signatures. Boots on the ground. We stopped government officials at their homes. We stand, Ben. We stand! Stand! Ben! 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 Stand! 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 Ben! Stand! Stand! Stop! Stop! No, no, no. Stop! Stop! Okay, okay, okay. I really need to, uh, I gotta flee. You still gonna read all that FOIA stuff? Nah. The case is closed. Although, a quick Look wouldn't hurt, but like later. Yeah, way later. Although I'm not particularly busy now. All right, The Hunt, question mark, is brought to you by Kenneth's Fortress of Fitness. Summer may be long gone, but when your mind and body are in perfect synchronicity, can beach season ever really be over? Huh. <laughs> Obviously, the answer is nah. Because there's no rest for the weary or their socially ingrained body image problems. So, come on down to the Fortress of Fitness and be witness to your litness. All right. How was that? Was that, like, good? It <laughs> was perfect. Thank you, Kenneth. Thank you. I am but a servant to movement. A harpy of health, drifting ever closer to the siren song. Actually, Kenneth, do you... Oh, oh, no, he's gone. And I still need to get paid. Um, uh, help? Help? Anyone? Oh, I can handle that for you. Uh, I'm the floor manager. Oh, great. Sorry again for the late recording time. I hope you haven't been keeping the gym open for me. No, <laughs> we'd never do that for you. We have a late night STP tonight. Little social training party. 50% off for podcasters if you want to stick around. Oh, no, 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 no. Thank you. Um, besides, wouldn't it be hard to run an STP without Kenneth? Well, Kenneth never runs the STPs. Really? Yeah, he typically takes Saturday nights off for his other job. What's his other job? Ben, can you hear me? 
Yep, loud and clear. I need you to meet me at 20300 Harriman Ave. Like now. Or in like 10 minutes. Maybe 9. Depending on if I hit red lights or not. Everything alright? I'll explain it once you're there. Okay, 20300. Are you sure that's the right address? Very sure. Hurry, okay? Gotta admit, no hate didn't take you as the male strip club. Okay, we are only here in a business capacity. Did you get a drink? It's my cheat day. All right, ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the next act. Okay, just drink and watch, all right? And what is it I'm looking for? He's a regular here, a bona fide fan favorite, all the way from the fifth precinct of ass. A second lieutenant in the Crimes Against Your Panties division shows some love for Kenneth, a.k.a. Police Officer Pussy Poppin! Is that... Is that Kenneth? Like, from the gym? Yes. Yes, it is. Mm, I'm gonna need another drink. Hello, Kenneth. Whoa, uh, uh, you startled me. What are you doing here? We could ask you the same thing. Uh, this is the men's dressing room? Yeah, that, okay, no, that's a good point. I didn't You know. always take Saturday nights off at the gym, huh? Whoa, fitness is my life, my passion, my soul's battery. But these are prime earning hours, so what's this about? You know... About a month ago, when I saw Sarah Kovacs gunned down in the forest late that night, I knew the shooter was wearing a police uniform, but there was something off about it. It wasn't the material. That looked quality, not like one of those thin Halloween costumes. And it wasn't the fit. It wasn't baggy or too small like a -a rent-a-cop outfit. But now I know exactly what was wrong with the police uniform. It was the seams. They were tearaway like a stripper's outfit, you stripper! Why did you do it, Kenneth, huh? Huh? What did you have against poor Sarah Kovacs? Uh, Okay, you got me. Uh, If you would please allow me to put on some pants. (laughs) Catch me, bro. Okay, okay, sit. Funnel him to the back. It was then that I remembered I was supposed to barricade the back door, but had totally forgotten to, as I had been really busy practicing the dramatic monologue I'd be giving to Kenneth. Just like we talked about. Uh, about that? Uh-huh. My oh, no. body and mind are totally in sync. They cannot be contained by the... Ah, ah. Luckily, Ben's weight loss made him lie down his feet, and he was able to wrestle Kenneth to the ground. Stay down, you naked... Ah, I got him! Temporarily. Ha ah, Nope, nah, I don't got him. Ah, it's too much baby oil. Oh. So much baby oil. The enlightened oh. songbird cannot be caged. She flies free into the eternal... Ah, what the shit? Ah. How dare you attack our precious man? Murderer. Murderer. Okay, Bella, did you bring the knife? No, 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 no. No knife, thank you, but we're good here. Aren't we, Kenneth? I'm totally dying, bro. Wow, Ben's betches. How did you know we were here? 
Ben DM'd me. Well, he DM'd me, technically. Okay. He, it was to the fan page, so he DM'd all of us. But mostly me. I figured we might need backup. So, now that we helped you apprehend this murderer, what do you say we grab a drink? Or tan? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Wow. So this is what an interview room looks like. You two have five minutes, okay? And only as a favor for helping us out. What is it with all you law enforcement types in the five-minute interviews? Well, why don't we do zero minutes, huh? No, 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 no. Yeah. Five minutes is great. Thank it's you. An honest question. I'm sorry. So. I hear you confessed to your part in all of this. To hiring Kenneth. Look, I totally get it if you don't want to talk, but do you want to know how we figured it out? Yeah, you do. Okay, so these FOIA documents, I requested them a month ago on everything I could think of involving Gareth or Whitley and Beckett. And while looking through these papers, something caught my eye. A court case. You know, the frivolous and unbiased one where you sued Whitley and Beckett because they were silent owners of your company and you'd been in the red for years and they were gonna drop you just months before you were about to go insolvent and then you'd have to get a real job for the first time in your life? Breathe, Sydney, breathe. Right, right, breathing. So, is that when you roped in Kenneth? When you put out the hit? Or did you first try to beg Gareth for money? Or is begging for cash too off-brand for the great Delaney Rose? I already talked to the cops. I'm not gonna repeat myself just so you can play Katie Couric. Okay, I don't know who that is, but that's fine. I just wanna know. Sarah Kovacs, you heard the rumors about the young brunette spotted around town with your dad and how people were saying they were in love. And if he were to marry her right before the cancer took its toll, boy, that would really mess up your place in the will, wouldn't it? I mean, it's one thing to get cut off until your dad died, he has stage four cancer, but getting cut off entirely? <laughs> That's another story. So you sent Kenneth to go to Gareth's house to kill this woman and, I would assume, make it look like an accident or suicide. But obviously, that didn't go according to plan. She ran, Kenneth killed her and dumped the body, and then you got lucky. Yeah, because when Tanner learned that one of his flings who he'd invited to the cabin while Daddy was away wound up dead, he freaked. It didn't matter that he had nothing to do with the murder. If Sarah was tracked back to the cabin, to him, he might be busted for solicitation and embezzlement. So he roped in Arnov to help clean the house and move Sarah's car. And by covering his own ass, he inadvertently took you off the hook. But poor Sarah. She was just in the wrong place at the wrong time. She'd never even met your dad, much less been the young brunette he'd been seen with. Did you ever find out who that mystery woman really was? Yes. And does that make you feel like an even bigger piece of shit? Or is that not possible? Like, are you already so super saturated in your own shit that you can't even tell I anyone? don't need a lecture from a washed-up detective and a sad little girl who can't get over the death of her crazy cunt of a mother. My mom had her problems, but she was still my mom. She was family. And I would have given anything 
for one more day with her, while you spend your dad's last days trying to throw him in prison. And for what? Rose quartz yanni eggs and hundred dollar face masks? I may be a sad little girl with mommy issues, but everything you've ever worked for, that you've thrown away your family and your basic human decency for, will amount to nothing but a footnote in the bad Lifetime original movie they'll make about your sorry, pathetic, fucking life! <sighs> sorry. Don't apologize, are you kidding me? Right, yeah, no, I mean, I'm not sorry. I redact that yeah, sorry. Yeah, cause she's a terrible person. No, you're right, she's the worst. Tell him, Sid. Uh, yeah, uh, fuck you. Yeah, fucking fuck. That's what I'm talking about. All right, up top. Woo! Let's get the hell out of here. Yeah. Ugh. Before we close this case for good, we had to meet with Gareth to answer some lingering questions and because Ben was hoping for some kind of reward. Hey, maybe one of his cars. He has so many. I'd even take one with his stupid monogram on it. So Gareth met us outside his house in Pleasant Valley, which he was in the process of selling. This may be the first time in the history of land ownership that a murder on a property has actually increased its market demand. Buyers are flooding in from all over. Well, you certainly need the extra cash. Anyways, I'd uh, assume it's going to be a massive pain to move all your cars out of the garage. We so. had a couple questions for you, actually. And we'd appreciate straight answers. No lawyer stuff? <laughs> Well, the trial's over and Miss Reynolds isn't here, so I don't think that should be your problem. You've twice told me that I remind you of your daughter, but I'm nothing like Delaney Rose. That's your question? Well, you're right. I, I guess I must have misspoke. And what if you didn't? Y you see, I had my doubts about you from the beginning. Because, well, you know, you're a dick. So I kept track of every question you refused to answer and found that you weren't avoiding the truth. You were avoiding loose ends. You gave us only bits and pieces out of context to control the flow of information. To prevent us from painting a picture broad enough that we might stumble into security footage or witnesses to vouch for where you'd been. Which is odd, because someone who can corroborate his alibi is typically the first person an accused man goes to find. Which got us thinking, maybe you weren't hiding what you were doing, but who you were doing it with? We looked up Claudia Douglas, the oncology specialist who left you a message at your house in Monterey. We assumed she was your doctor, but turns out she's based out of Charlotte, your hometown, where you spent six months during your antitrust exile in 2002. And even now in her late 40s, Claudia is still a beautiful woman with long brown hair. And her daughter, Hope, just 17, is the spitting image of her. The people who saw you around town with a young brunette weren't lying, were they? They just thought they saw Sarah and that the two of you were in love. But it wasn't Sarah they saw you with. It was another pretty brunette. It was Hope. And that love wasn't romantic, was it? It was paternal. Hope is your daughter, isn't she? 
I'd be willing to pay quite a bit to redact this from your recording. Why risk your freedom just to keep her a secret? Because I'm a dying old man on his last days on Earth. What does it matter if those days are inside or outside of a cell? Hope happily would have testified. And then this case would have followed her for the rest of her life because of it. Look, Delaney, Rose, and Tanner are my children, and I love them. But what they became is a direct result of what I was not a good father. I was gone. I was neglectful. I was so focused on building and retaining my company that I missed out on their lives. So when I went back home in 2002, when I got away from the company and fell for Claudia and she got pregnant, we both agreed that it was best for Hope to grow up far away from everything that made Tanner and Delaney Rose the way that they are. Including you? Especially me. So we said I was her uncle. I'd visit as much as I could, send payments monthly. Payments that the sheriff department uncovered from your trust, but were written off as Tanner's booty calls. But Hope is a smart girl. A brilliant girl. And she started to figure things out. And I started to get sick and old. And I wanted to come clean. So about a year ago, Claudia and I sat down and told her the truth. And in that year, Hope and I have talked much more. We've gotten close. So she came out to visit for a few weeks this summer, and I tried to keep a low profile. I tried to keep her out of the public eye, but you know how this town is. Nosy and gossipy and more interested in rumors about someone than actually knowing them. So when we were in Monterey and heard about the murder, I had Miss Reynolds fly Hope back to Charlotte so I could return to Elk Meadows alone and deal with the consequences. And in the end, all this ordeal did was prove me right. In what way? That I was foolish to think that even now, at 60, I could be a father. When it is something I've been an abject failure at my entire life. You know, my mom... She always needed my help, but she liked to pretend that she didn't. Like, helping her out of bed in the morning was just me hassling and nagging her. Until the last couple weeks of her life, where she couldn't pretend anymore. Those last days were hard. They were brutal. But they were also the closest we'd ever been. Because the facade was gone. For the first time in our lives, we were just totally open with each other. Those last few days, <laughs> I'd never give them up for anything. And now you, you still have a daughter, one who loves you and wants to spend time with you and get to know you. And despite any missteps you may have made in the past, you're trying to do right by her. But you gotta let what's in the past be in the past. Because hanging on to regrets is like going to your friend's cousin's one-person play about growing up in the suburbs. It really ruins your whole day, and no one's got time for that shit. <laughs> uh, that, that's an interesting metaphor. You mean great. A great metaphor. You still have time, Gareth, and right now you have the ability to spend that time with your daughter. As a parent, isn't that all you can ask for? 
No, you're right. You're very right. Thank you, Sydney. And Ben. Oh, well, you don't have to give but me one of your cards. But if you'll excuse me, I should be going now. Now that I'm no longer legally bound to California, I think I might do some traveling. Charlotte sounds nice this time of year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it does. Ben was moving to the city to help the families of victims on unsolved cold cases. But before that, he wanted to make sure all of the junk in my house was donated. Okay, fellas, anything packed up in the box, go ahead and throw it in the truck. <sighs> it's crazy, seeing it all go. You did a good thing here, Sid. I'm sure your mom would have been proud. Thanks. Even if you totally failed at finding Bigfoot's ghost. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that if I could prove that some part of that story was real, that she was telling the truth, that I could understand my mom a little better, you know? Maybe come to terms with why she was the way she was and defend the reputation she had. So what'd you figure out? That she was just trying to make terms with her lot in life, just like anyone else. And that I really don't care what her reputation was or what this town thinks. But yeah, I'm ready to admit it. Bigfoot's ghost isn't real. What nonsense? There's no proof of that. You let me know. Next time you go hunting for him, I'll be there. <laughs> Thank you. But it might be a while. Hey, what the? Hey, guys! Hey, were you listening? Just the stuff in the boxes. You're not taking the furniture. Actually, I told them to take it all. What? Yeah, I decided to sell the house. What? When? How? <laughs> Through Real Talk Rob, actually. He just got his license. And turns out when he finally stops trying to promote himself, he's a pretty great realtor. Got me a good price from some hipsters who are looking to rough it. They move in next week. So, so what are you gonna do? I think it's time for me to leave Elk Meadows. You know, hit the road, see what the rest of the world is like. Well, if you witness any murders along the way, you know who to call. <laughs> of course. Sleuthing partners? Yeah. <laughs> Sleuthing partners. Go get him, Sydney Bell. Elk Meadows was the only home I'd ever known. So leaving it wasn't easy. And as I hit the open road, a lot of thoughts went through my mind. About what was to come, about what brought me to this point, and of course, about my mom. Elk Meadows was her home. It's where she was born and where she died. And while Margaret Bell may have been wrong about a lot of things, I think she was right in how she raised me. And I want to believe that she would be happy with how I turned out. Because apparently I'm now, in Ben's words, 
a badass bee with a mind like a steel trap and a heart like, I don't know, a blue whale? They probably have big hearts, right? So when I think about what my mom left behind, I no longer focus on the tall tales and the ghost stories, but on who I've become. I think that's what she would have wanted her legacy to be. And being at peace with that, that's what she would have wanted for me. That, and for me to get something to eat. Cause I'm starving. This is Sydney Bell, signing off. The Hunt, question mark, is created, written, and directed by Eric Wong. Produced by Stephen Pipps, Eric Wong, and Aaron Merrill. Edited by Aaron Merrill and Eric Wong. Audio engineering by Aaron Merrill and Will Katsopoulos. Sound design and mixing by Armin Arush and Aaron Merrill. With script supervising by John Sherry and assistant directing by Gabby McCullough. Starring Taylor Owen, James Neal, and Nat Topping. Additional voices by Paulina Bugembe, Amanda Latrobe, John B. Steins, Rachel Lee Moore, Kelsey Vandenberg, Diego Ray, Will Kiltzopoulos, Tasha Sill, Nathan Hengstebeck, Nicole Cassania, Paul Goldman, and Aaron Merrill. With original artwork by Brian Wong and original compositions by Armin Arouche. 